Father, we thank you so much that we can come boldly before your throne of grace and we can obtain mercy and help in time of need. And, and Lord, it is, uh, it, is, it is just amongst our greatest privilege, privileges that we can come before you gathered together in Jesus' name and we can pray with our brothers and sisters and lift up our brothers and sisters and our kingdom requests and, and we can cast our cares upon you. And then Lord, of all things, you hear us, you, the God of all creation, hears us, a bunch of people just gathered together, but God, we're, we have faith. We believe you are who your word says you are. And so God, we, we make an appeal to you this evening that, that as the great physician, God, we're just bringing a patient in. And we're just bringing him in and presenting him to you. And so, Father, we lift up Bowen to you. And Lord, we want to pray for his salvation that you would open his eyes as, as young as he is, Lord, that you would just show him his need for a savior. And then Lord, that Christ is that savior. God, we pray for his health, for his healing, for his wellness. God, that you would just watch over your creation. This child who is sanctified by his believing parents, according to 1 Corinthians chapter seven, God, we present him to you in that sanctified state, Lord, and ask you to please heal him. God, would you give wisdom to, to Ryan and to Lindsay or, or, or the doctors, whatever the case may be, Lord, we don't, we don't have all the data, we just know, God, the, 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 that he needs you to intervene. And then, Father, we pray against the enemy. And, Lord, the devil doesn't get Bowen. And, and, and if there's spiritual attack against this child, then, God, we just pray against it. And we say, the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank you for intervening in the life of Bowen and the Templetons and being a God that hears and answers prayers. Father, thank you. And, and, and God, you know, if we're missing something, then Lord, we just pray that you would make up the gap, that your spirit would make intercession for us in the areas that we just, you know, we, we don't know. So God, we love you, we thank you, we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So on, uh, on Will Mata's Facebook page, you can find the Televita interview that Pastor Will did with Pastor Cody, and, and he, you know, that's obviously recorded, but, but you can find that and get more information about Cody and his family and his, and his ministry there in Argentina. Okay, so it is missionary prayer night. So we'll start with a missions-related thing for you to do. And um, so we should have a PowerPoint up here with pictures of the journals that Pastor Ong and his team is going to take with them to Vietnam. And so I'm going to keep rolling here, though because we are short on time, but, but there are uh, journals on the counter in the lobby, and those are there for you to just make a note, introduce yourself to, you know, our brothers and sisters in Vietnam and, and write some sort of little encouragement to them. Also, regarding missions, you want to know about the uh, Tampa trip. Speaking of Tampa, um, 
you know, Will Mata, it, it, can we come get that slide up? This should be number three, the Tampa trip, okay? This is not the right PowerPoint. <laughs> this is a PowerPoint from 2021. So we do not have a PowerPoint this evening. Praise the Lord. Okay. So Pastor Mata is leading a trip to Tampa in October. Now, for $500, you get past Pastor Mata for a week to minister to. I mean to minister with. Um, that's amazing. Hello, somebody. Are you kidding me? If I cannot go on this trip, I hate my life. Okay? <laughs> Pastor Mata. Now, here's the kicker, though. Here's the thing. Don't, don't fiddle fart around. You, he's only got room for six people. This is a joint trip we're doing with Living Faith Lee Summit. So if you, if you want your name on that list, if you want to go on this trip, you need to catch Pastor Mata right up here after this service and, and let him know. Now, there's a trip application online, but Will is going to be up here to talk about that. Okay, so James is in Nairobi, and, and, and I'm here in his stead on Missionary Prayer Night. And he started an unknown missionary series where we, we present an unknown missionary, and he asked me to do that, and, and that seemed like a good idea at the time. However, if someone's unknown, there's absolutely no information about them. And if there is information that I could put together a small biography to share, then that person's not unknown, are they? So, Pastor Five, come on, it's like impossible, all right? Uh, what are you supposed to do with that? So, we're going to tackle it. I knew I didn't actually have time this evening to present a, a whole missionary biography, but this is something that I would like to present. It is an unknown missionary. Could that be you? And could the, the, the people sending that missionary, could it be this local church? Now, for those of us here, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about Midtown Baptist Temple. For those of you online, I'm talking about you and your local church. Could, could you actually be an unknown missionary and you just don't know it yet? You would be going and we would be sending. And the answer to that is, is maybe... Okay, but I, I'd like to look at that and, and turn in your Bibles to 2 John, the book of 2 John. We're gonna, we don't have PowerPoint, so you're going to have to actually, you're going to have to actually get your books out. Okay, so, so 2 John, chapter 8, reads, Look to yourselves. Do a self-examination. So you look at you. I don't want to have to diagnose you. You look at yourself. You diagnose yourself. Look to yourselves that we lose not the things we have wrought. Okay, that this thing that, that we've labored, this thing that we've built, let's look to ourselves so that we don't lose 
this, but that we receive a full reward. Now, we're not going to be spending all our time in 2 John. The context here is, is we need to walk in truth. And all the good Baptists say, amen, we walk in truth, but we also need to walk in love. And if you just, like, somehow manage to walk in truth, but not walk in love, which actually isn't really possible, but, but let's just say that was your attitude, then you're going to lose what could have been and what should have been. And there are deceivers that muddy the waters so that, you know, half the time people don't even know what church is. But, but that, that context, what we're going to do is just pull this verse out that says, let's examine ourselves and make sure that we don't suffer loss. We're, we're going to do that by, by, you know, God's grace. And so there is a tendency that we need to guard against. There's a hindrance that happens, okay, that prevents you from being that missionary that goes and prevents us from being the church that sends you. There's a hindrance. Okay, we're going to look at that hindrance today and do a little self-examination. So look at Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1, you know about Romans chapter 1, don't you? We're going to see a tendency of humanity. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Because... That which may be known of God is manifest unto them, for God hath showed it, showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So you see creation, you should know there's a creator. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man or birds, forfeited beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever, amen. And so humanity tends to see God's creation, and instead of giving God glory with thankfulness, to be, the tendency is to become vain in our imaginations and to have our hearts darkened, professing ourselves to be wise. And then taking what God created and to make an image that can be worshipped. And what happens is people end up worshipping the creator, the, the image. I'm sorry, the creature more than the creator. So imagine a, a sculptor. Now the only sculptor professionally that I really know personally is Ross. So we're going to call him Ross. Sorry, Ross. But, but... Let's just say there's this guy, Ross, and he's a sculptor, and he's so impressed with God's creation that he seeks to make an image of it. Let's say he takes a lion, okay? So Ross is going to sculpt a lion because he's so impressed with God's creation, and so he, he has a better appreciation of these things than you or I do, and so, so he's careful, and he's sculpting every line, the, the form, the perspective. What is this image going to look like 
to the people who are going to see it. I want to make sure it's done right because I'm doing this for God. And then Ross, he, he's there. That's what he's saying. And he's sculpting this and the proportion and, and the, the tone the expression and, and all of these things. I don't even know what would go into that, right? But he just does this work and he sculpts this great sculpture to reflect the glory that he sees in the creation. And then what happens is other people come in and they see this image that has been created and it's beautiful. The guy's amazing at what he does. And everybody says, that's amazing. I had no idea Ross was so talented. And, and what happens then is now the image is appreciated and Ross the sculpture gets the glory for how talented he was when really the whole motivation for the thing in the beginning was to glorify God and to recognize God's creative genius. Okay, so Acts chapter 7, verse 41, talking about the nation of Israel. It says, and they made a calf in those days, and they offered sacrifice unto the idol. And listen to this, you guys. And they rejoiced in the work of their own hands. So this is what I want to present to us in just a few minutes this evening, is there can be a subtle shift that can take place where the optics and the image actually becomes more important than what's trying to be portrayed. Man, Brian Bustos leading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That was so awesome. So gifted. Amazing. Glory to Brian. Right? No. No, glory to God. I thank God for Brian. What a gift to this body. Eric Phillips, what a gift to this body. But the minute I'm more excited about the new praise song that the praise team wrote than I am about the one who's being glorified by the song. Man, one of our leaders wrote a book. Man, that's so... No, listen, glory to God. Not to the image, not to the optics not to the person. Okay, so, so there's a subtle shift that can happen where all of a sudden what God has done, can, instead of us praising God, what happens is, is we begin to get more excited, maybe protective over the image that we're trying to portray, the optics. And so here's some things to watch out for. With the subtle shift. You guys with me so far? Guy was just making a sculpture. I mean, he was doing a good thing, but the tendency is for us to want to worship the works of man's hands and forget about the God that created all this and got us to this place. It wasn't always like this, you guys. Look what the Lord has done. Is it not marvelous? 
Let's watch out for the subtle shift. Here's what happens. We can be too concerned with our own images, the optics, what it'll look like to others, our reputation. So guard against it with Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus gave up his reputation. He didn't protect it. We need to be willing to just humble ourselves. Be more concerned about whether or not you're being conformed to the image of Christ than you are protecting your image. Number two, if we don't, if we miss the subtle shift, what will happen is we'll be too excited about the work of our hands and not excited enough about what Jesus has done. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves servants for Jesus' sake. Amen? Amen. What Jesus did, who Jesus is, if that's not enough, then whatever I'm doing and whoever I am is not going to be enough. We need to be more focused on him than on ourselves. Because here's what happens also in Romans chapter 1. They worshiped the creature and, and not the creator. And what happens is, is we'll give too much credit to, to people. Brian Bustos, if Brian will receive that glory, and I know that's not Brian's heart. I know Brian would be like, oh, he, he God gets the glory. So, so we are a rich church. We are greatly blessed. But there's only one who deserves glory, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our Father. That's God. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head over all. No one's more excited about what God's doing here than I am. <laughs> it's amazing. And I love it. But listen, here's the last thing we need to watch out for with that subtle shift. Is that it might make us unwilling to be small and to be weak. We're about to break up and pray for our missionaries and our church planters right now. But, guys, for them to go and do what they've done, they had to become small and weak. If you're going to go to Vietnam with a group of like five or six other people, you just became small and weak. And as soon as you get there, you're going to be made a spectacle. Fools for Christ's sake. Weak, despised, hunger and thirst, naked and buffeted with no certain dwelling place, labor, working with your hands, being, revival, being revival, reviled, you'll bless, being persecuted, you'll suffer it, being defamed, you entreat, being made as filth of the world, the off-scouring of all things unto this day. When you sign up to go and do that, you are signing up, you're letting go of your reputation. 
You're giving up whatever image you thought you had and you're just willing to go be Christ-like who went to the cross and, and, and you talk about letting go of your pride. Okay, so are you willing to be small? Are you willing to be weak? Okay, so, so we're going to pray for our missionaries who, who were willing to do that. But before we do, let's just answer the question. Can, can the members of our local church become unknown missionaries? Well, yes, you can. If you're willing to be unknown. If you can say, nobody needs to know my name, or even our name, church, but they must know the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I will sacrifice any image I think I have, which is probably actually not, you know, probably what you think it is, but that's okay. If you're willing to give God the glory and focus on who Jesus is and what he did, he's the one that must be promoted. If you're willing to become small and weak, then yes, you can become an unknown missionary. But if you fell for the subtle shift and you're worshiping the creature and not the creator and worried about the optics and your image more than you are about Christ, then, then probably not. So we don't have the diagram.